0: Welcome to the interesting health and safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi there, and welcome to the interesting health and safety podcast. By doing this podcast, I have been really fortunate and am getting really fortunate to start to meet some, some great people, um, some people that are really looking to sort of move and shake the health and safety industry, um, professionalism. Um, there's, some, there's some really amazing young people that are coming through the uh, coming through the ranks. And today, um, um, I'd like to introduce you to a guy called Jonathan Dempsey. Jonathan um, has, has been working in uh, working in health and safety um, for a few years now at fairly senior levels, and has recently set up his uh, business. We should have a little competition at the end of this to see if you know the name of the company that, uh, that he's set up. Um, but anyway, let me uh, let me introduce you over to, uh, to Jonathan, and we can uh, we can have a chat at the end. Cheers. Um, yeah but we'll get uh, we'll get kicked off you know thanks, thanks for coming on and chatting so um, thank you uh, yeah, um, what, what have you been what have you been doing today then you've been playing a bit of football I've you?
1: literally just been playing football five-a-side football okay yeah I play on a Tuesday lunchtime when I get the chance
0: you're not sure and that's probably you know with your with your new venture that's coming up that's probably going to get a little bit harder maybe it, too it is it's something I can dip in
1: and dip out of you yeah. know, kicking a ball around in the middle of the week getting some fresh air in my lungs Team sport. Yeah, it, when I can get chance to do it, it just lifts uh, my spirits. It's just one of those things that kind of uh, keeping myself on track physically, and mentally. Yeah,
0: fantastic. So, um, what can you explain a little bit about yourself? Who you are? What you're, uh, you know, what you're up to?
1: Yeah. So, I'm um, Jonathan Dempsey. I'm currently director of Red Laces, a relatively new consultancy uh, in the world of risk. So, we're empowering businesses to improve profit- profitability through more creative risk solutions but really in the context of leadership and people. So really a people focus um, and helping to kind of demystify risk but take a more strategic and more holistic approach. Uh, to add more value mm-hmm. uh, whilst also being available to provide more tactical support so if, a, if an organisation has a short term need of say a director of health and safety yeah. and environment and they, and they just need some support uh, or if they need some help with risk assessments or, or whatever it might be we can, we can come in and do the, the tactical things but our primary focus really is around medium and life-size organisations really coming in to add the value uh, and, and help to unlock some insight to, the, to help themselves. Okay.
0: You mentioned risk a number of times there. So, I mean, is it is it more than just health and safety then? Are you looking at all business risk? Or how you, how you, how you I'd, build So
1: I so take the view that it's more operational and say operational safety and environmental risks is probably how i define it. Um, so certainly building on the set that I have, which is around uh, safeguarding children, uh, food hygiene, environmental management, uh, wildlife management, a whole raft of things. Uh, and through my career I've been thrown into you know, managing radioisotopes in, in laboratories, uh, project management of building refurbishment programmes. There's so many different things and sometimes the the risks within a business aren't inherently obvious mm-hmm. uh, on the day to day unless there's an incident uh, but similarly a lot of the opportunities uh, opportunities for innovation opportunities uh, to really uh, collaborate cross functionally aren't always immediately obvious and there's not normally somebody who's thinking about it and mm-hmm. necessarily got the energy and the passion to do it uh, there's actually quite a lot of value in there and a lot of synergy mm-hmm. uh, helping the business to become joined up but also up, up and down or through the layers you know helping the board to get a real sense of actually the reality as opposed to what they think is going on, mm-hmm. uh, similarly helping the the business at large to understand where the board's trying to go and try and get alignment. Mm. Uh, so health safety is is a core set of our, our, our skill base, uh, but it, it's only ever been one part of it.
0: Mm. It's interesting you talk to, you talk about the uh, the sort of the perception that the people at the top of the business have, you know, and that can be that can be quite different to the to the perception that the people at the sharp end of the business have or yeah. where the business is going. Absolutely. Where do you how do you feel You know, how do you how do you identify that difference then, and how do you, you know, how do you then feed that back to the senior management? In, in all ways,
1: in all levels, I and mean, as well as uh, sort of professionally through a whole range of roles I've had across sectors, uh, across disciplines. I've also done a lot of academic study as well. So, for instance, when I did my MBA at um, the University of Warwick, I was also working for the University of Warwick as well, um, and one of my research. Um, focus was on innovation. And I was looking at how innovation works across the organization. Because it's an entrepreneurial university, it's regarded for being innovative. But I actually found that there was quite a center you know, almost an ivory tower mentality in the ivory tower of the head office, all the sort of central functions, or the perception that it was, and outside it was, no, we're not innovative at all. Yeah, you know, we're wading through treacle to try and get things done through policy. So I think some of it is actually just really getting there and then listening to people, yep. and actually experience, experiencing what they experience on a day-to-day basis, because a person's perception is their reality. Mm. They don't know any different. Uh, very rarely, I mean, very rarely on a construction site, well, people on the construction site get to come into the boardroom and actually see the challenges that actually the board are facing and the decisions that they have to make to, to understand the rationale, the choices that the business has. Uh, and similarly, the board uh, are unlikely to understand what's going on and what, what it's like on a day-to-day basis. Similarly, a communications team, a communications team or HR might might think, right, we've got a new strategy, we've got some new values. Let's get these values posted up on the wall so everyone can see them. Uh, and everybody on the construction site will you'll get them up in the canteen. You know, value, corporate values probably don't mean the same thing to somebody on a construction site as they do to somebody in the canteen in a kind of thing. So it's it's really just trying to join up the dots and actually getting out and being visible and then encouraging that, almost leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we did at a uh, market leading student accommodation provider went, went in, I was head of safety, was um, to actually get the board involved in rid investigations. Right. So actually get the, um, yeah, an operations director or somebody. Yeah, the next time we have a radar, I'd like somebody around the, the operations board to come and get involved and actually understand a bit more about what, what happened, mm-hmm. but also what are the lessons that we can take at board level? You know, how can that influence what we do in the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, is quite an innovative thing to do. It's not, it's not a difficult thing to do, but it takes a willingness to do. Yeah. Um, quite often what I see in organisations health and safety as a focus is that it's very transactional. Uh, and so on a board paper, you, know, you only have lagging indicators, the accidents, the incidents, the riddles that have had, mm. and that's all the health system are often providing. Yeah. But when the but if that's all everyone wants, that's all nothing. Nothing's going to change.
0: That's right. It's um you know it, it's it's really interesting. You uh, you talk about you know getting the uh, getting the, the board directors out. I worked for a large growing company a few years back, and um, and we managed to get the board directors involved. One of the, I think, one of the mistakes sometimes we made—not every time—but um, was that the, uh, the incident investigations got held at the head office or at the, you know, in the MD's office and all that—and it was sort of almost pulling the guys out of their safe zone into into the director's safe zone, to, you know. Whereas, really, I think the real the real value comes when you get that that senior director actually out in the, you know, and holding holding a meeting in a canteen or whatever yeah, it may be, you know, with the sharp people. Is that is that what you try to? You know, try to try to achieve.
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, pre- in previous roles, yes, of course. From a uh, from a kind of red laces kind of consultative perspective, then some of it is more the uh, starting to pave the way and starting to sort of almost hold a mirror up to the organisations to hear some of the ch- um, here are some of the issues you have, and here are some of the things that you could really do that would un- unlock some value, almost providing a different focus of what risk really is. So. Yeah, I and mean, quite often, if, if I hear the term risk, I quite often think of finance or internal audit, control, almost that status quo and, and the compliance type of thing. Um, but actually, what, I'm, what we're looking to do is to really bring the um, the essence of a, a dynamism. You know, risk is dynamic; life is dynamic, mm-hmm. and, it, and it takes place in a context as well. So, if we take, for example, when I worked at a market leading logistics business, we created a a workshop for dep- depot managers around workplace transport. So we taught the HSG 136, so an industry HSE guide, uh, applied that to the organisation. So created these little workbooks that used the language that we would use and applied the things that we would apply. And we took the um, depot managers into into a site around about five o'clock in the evening. We've done a workshop in the afternoon. And then we took them around in twos and threes around the, the warehouse and around the yard. And, of course, you've got vehicles coming and going. You've got people leaving the offices and heading off home and that kind of thing. And we're all wearing a high vis and a... We went out for, for dinner, for a bit of a kind of a networking. Thing. The next morning, we came in at five o'clock in the morning to do exactly the same thing. And this was in September, so you know it was dark evening. It was light morning. It's it dark. Exactly the same site, but of course at this point you've got a whole load of wagons going out. You've got a whole load of current thrust, and, and it's dark. So then you find out actually, well, how good is the lighting? And when you get to a point where you're standing there in a high risk jacket and you can't see yourself in a high-vis jacket on a pedestrian walkway, which is where we're saying everyone follow the rules, yeah, keep to the pathways, then you can kind of see something different. But if you took a compliance approach or here's my document, I reviewed my risk assessment for that, you know, six months or so ago, it's not due for another six months. Yeah, you know, life isn't in, in document, it's not just like that, it, it changes. So trying to get that some examples of how risk is transient, but also it's a people activity. It's about it, It's contextualised by the, the the tone that an organisation sets, that the leadership and the executive set. So, so what's what's rewarded? What's condoned? What do we walk by? Uh, How do we encourage people to be open and honest? Say, I don't understand. I need some help. And Mm. in particular, if you're a manager, if you're a depot manager and you've maybe never had any health and safety training before, how do you after 10 or 20 years say, I I could do with some help? You're expected to deliver that. Mm. Uh, So I think there's a whole million ways of doing it. But what we try and do, what we certainly do at Raid Laces, is is we, we take an individual and a business where it is now and we start to give some context around that that will help them. And then look at things like the Safety, Culture, Maturity Model, which you may be familiar with, to, to try and almost get away from the, the here and now numbers of accidents and incidents of riddles, which whilst they, they have a level of importance, mm. in the longer term, actually that is, is a bit kind of transactional. Mm. If the numbers are quite low this month, what does that mean? Does that mean we're really good? Mm. If they go back up next month, does that mean we're not really good? It, it, it kind of doesn't. So try and give something a step back. So as an organization, normally put it into a HR change model type approach. Mm-hmm. So where are we now and where would we want to be? And using things like, you know, what, what do we hear at the moment? What do we see? What do we feel? What's the kind of language that we, is used in the business? And let's say that's a level one and it's not very good. Well, if we wanted to be at a level four, how would it feel different? And of course, the organisation isn't the same across the organisation. If you've got a head office and you've got 20 or 30 sites, There'll be subcultures within that culture. Mm-hmm. If you take, for instance, a say, a hotel chain. You know, I spent some time in hotels. Uh, you know, quite often, you will find that people work in a hotel. I've worked in that hotel for ten or twenty years, but it might have been um, a Holiday Inn, it might have been a Hilton, it might be it might have changed names. Mm-hmm. So, whilst you think from a head office, this is our brand and this is our culture, these are our values. Actually, there will be subcultures in there, and unless you get out into the business to really understand those sensitivities. And those cultural sensitivities are filters for everything that comes out from head office. And that's without going into things like the Generation Z, you know, mm-hmm. the Gen Z kind of that we now got, or well, Generation Alpha, you know, and, and then the social media. So, you know, nowadays people want to access information in the time that suits them, in a way, in a format that suits them, and they don't want to be preached at, and, mm-hmm. and they want to engage with it. So again, at Red Laces, we've literally just set up a TikTok account this week as well as uh, all the other social media channels. Now, TikTok is quite new. Um, I think mostly it's kind of people lip syncing to to songs and doing crazy dancing and that kind of thing. So uh, we've got one post on there so far, which is, it's it's not quite at that. Are you you dancing? I'm not dancing yet. (laughs) I want to get some feedback first. I want to polish up the moves, maybe get some uh, some lessons first. So I haven't quite got that far, but certainly just to get out there and to start to see what that technology is and how we can bring that creativity into some sort of more of the mainstream activity, but again, unless we, you know, unless we evolve and unless we innovate, then actually we're going to be left behind. Mm. I think the fact that we you know, we we you know, we we're not a corporate, you know, we're not trying to be a corporate consultancy, and uh, you know part of our DNA is, is around that innovative, creative, people-based approach. So actually, quite curious to see well what's going on, what are they doing, how does mm. that work? Mm. Is that something we can have a play, at? and and can we have some play? I was just at an event called Thursday Brunch two weeks or so ago and we had a director of play there, and this lady's worked at Hasbro, she's worked at Lego, she's worked at all those toy manufacturers. Um, so she looks at play, because looking at, you know how can we get a two or three or four year old to play with, you have to get into a mindset, of, well, what is play? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she actually now does, um, we'll give you the link separately, but she actually does now try to um, play with board level, as our C-suite as well, okay, yeah. to try and get people to, to come out of their you know, whatever they're wearing, their suits, and come out of the corporate values to come back to that more innate play and that humour and that creativity to come out of those hard lines that we have uh, and then see what comes out from that. Mm-hmm. And of course, they, yeah, depending on the culture of the organisation, you, you know, it's baby steps, but it's just a different approach.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's, really, that's really interesting, you know, getting that, uh, that, that, the feel. I think, you know, you mentioned felt a couple of times there and, and just getting the feel of an organisation mm-hmm. and a business, you know. And also, I think, you know, getting a real clear idea of where, where do they want to be? Yeah. You know, do they, do they just want to comply or do they want to be world's best? Yeah. How, do you, how do you, I mean, how do you work that out? You know, yeah, I mean, how do, you, how do you decide, or not you decide, yeah. but how do you get the, get the answer to questions like where does a business want to be?
1: So, well, I was with the clients yesterday, um, literally an opening conversation with them for, for um, some work we're going to do with them, um, and I asked them the question, which I, I think they were probably quite surprised that I asked the question, because I think, the, I think the, the default response for anybody in a senior position, if you ask the question, where do you want to be in relation to your risk, particularly around safety, or we want to be the best. Mm-hmm. So quite often, I will see in organisations I've, I've worked in or, or had... Contact with yeah, you know, we want a world-class health and safety uh, culture. We and then the first word that springs to mind to me is authentic. Mm-hmm. How authentic is that really? Mm-hmm. And if you want to be there, great, because red laces can take you there. In many cases, that's not genuinely what the business wants, mm-hmm. and I can tell that because <laughs> the actions and everything I see uh, tells me that that's not the case. Um, but actually, I think we, you know, we can be authentic and, and we can be open and honest about ourselves that you know, not every organisation needs to have a world-class health and safety culture and performance if you can separate it from anything else anyway. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't advocate that you do, so we wouldn't advocate. So whilst the safety culture maturity model is a, a defined piece of uh, kind of research and a model that uh, the HSC and Kewa University created, which is a really good tool, we wouldn't emphasize the safety element of it, it it's a maturity model mm-hmm. so essentially taking the business from where it is now and cross functionally and having a more integrated approach around risk it's still the culture how will it feel how will it how will it look mm-hmm. um, but asking the question as we did yesterday where do you want to be do you want if you think of a um, say a podium for the olympics do you want a bronze silver or gold standard mm-hmm. bronze might be okay mm-hmm. And if you take, uh, I've spoken with kind of other clients um, around the, the compliance approach, which is again something that we don't advocate a focus on. From my experience having regulated food hygiene, health and safety, uh, environmental law, having prosecuted on, on all those as well, um, got a really good background in law. And, and from my experience with that, lots of things, but one is the law can only require a minimum standard. Mm-hmm. And people get scared about the fire officer coming in or environmental health officer or HSC coming, inspect- coming into their site. And what, what's to be scared of? They've got powers of entry. Mm-hmm. All of our, all of your staff have got powers of entry. They can take photographs. Well, yeah, so can your staff. They, they, they can seize equipment or turn things off or prohibit the use of something. Well, yeah, but they're only going to do that if, if there's an imminent risk to health. Well, if there is, then you should be doing that yourself anyway. Yeah, exactly. So again, so, so it's only ever a minimum standard. Now, the thing with a minimum standard, if you don't quite meet it, if, uh, where are you yeah, so right. if you so if you're aiming for compliance if compliance is the goal you're essentially aiming for bronze yeah. mm-hmm. um, now if you don't get bronze you're not on the podium and that means essentially you don't know where you are mm-hmm. um, so well, we certainly wouldn't advocate aiming for bronze um, but if you're aiming for silver and, and, and that kind of bronze silver and then you've got some so you've got real governance and in, in place and insurance and there's about choices. Because what you might say is actually, we've got 10 sites. So you're talking about your quarry business. Your quarry business that you're you, you with this morning, they might have several different operations and they might be able, by taking a more holistic approach, say, actually we can dial up or we can dial down. Mm-hmm. Understand, we understand what our vision and our strategy for growth is. We understand what our culture and our values are and our DNA and what drives and motivates us. We understand what our customer is looking for from us. We then look at what are our operational and safety, safety risks. And we can start to, well, actually those risks there, we can manage quite light touch. Mm-hmm. The actual heavy duty machinery part of the quarry, we want to be an absolute, and actually there might be a USP locked in that. We could actually be you know, generate some USP of added value by being a market leader in this safety risk management of quarries. Mm-hmm. But actually everywhere else, we, we, we're we just looking for, for problems. So that becomes choices. So, and that's where for us uh, at Red Laces, it's, it's about understanding it in a, understanding the operation of the business in a, in a, in a people focused way, in a balanced way. But it, it's been able to have an adult conversation about it and, and to take the fear out of it. Mm-hmm. So you start to have balanced choices and, and also a short, medium, and long term as well. Mm-hmm. So if there are some burning platforms and there are some problems that need to be resolved now, mm-hmm. then yeah, call in the emergency services, call in uh, your call in Red Lacer, you know, call in support when you need it. But beyond that, let's take a measured approach. One example I gave yesterday to uh, to yeah. this client was, I said, you're looking to get some training sorted yeah. out very quickly, I understand that. What training have you had for your board, mm-hmm. for your C-suite? And, and there's kind of a look of, amusement and shock, or, or, or we haven't. Mm. So, so again, for me, that would be a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could look at, there's a whole raft of things we could do, or we could tailor something very briefly, but starting to get the C-suite to understand the approach we started to bring in and getting their sponsorship and buying, showing them the value. Mm-hmm. Now ultimately, this will lead to profitability improvements, mm-hmm. But actually, in, in the first instance, this is more about the power it has on the people. Mm-hmm. Because once the, the, the people in the business start to see that the executive, the leaders, are starting to lead mm-hmm. visibly in a different way, and starting to show a culture of care, that starts to drive productivity. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a lot of hidden benefits in yeah, this, uh, and, and difficulty hidden cost, really. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it, it's a win-win, and more sustainable. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the danger, one of the dangers can be, uh, a cynicism. Yeah, if you if you've worked in an organisation for three, five, ten years, you've seen the cycle of safety is really important. Yeah, we said that last year, and then yeah, it's just the, it's just it's flavor. a flavour. We've had a major instance and now all of a sudden it's really important. But next month it's something else. So again, I said yesterday. Um, yeah, it's a yeah for me let's take a step back and look at a measured approach and be quite open and honest with our teams about what we're trying to do Mm. the fact that we're now starting to embark on a journey we're going to learn as we go through we welcome feedback and we want to try some things Mm -hmm. and some things will work well for us and some things won't work quite so well for us Mm.
0: Yeah, that's right and get to get the feedback yeah I mean you know again that engagement that engagement with the people you know they like say you know safety is important until production becomes important or the customers on the phone or whatever it may be yeah. and then and then wrong decisions are made because and in a lot of cases wrong decisions are made because people feel that's the right decision to make yeah, because yeah. there's people at the top of the business they so put a bit of pressure in there yeah. to, uh, you know to get them to, 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 to go down that particular route because because our people are, are so adaptable, aren't they? You know, people in organisations, you know, yeah. and, and always you know, trying generally to do the best for the business, yeah. but it's about making sure that the best for the business is is the best and not the perceived best.
1: Yeah. And well, of
0: course, there's politics in
1: organisations and people will try to please and try to do the right thing. So that, so yes, you could have a situation where people are, are, are doing things in a way that you wouldn't expect and the board wouldn't have necessarily requested but they think they're doing the right thing mm. because they saw the leader doing that, mm. or the, it's always always been done. Mm. Um, and I think I think there's a freedom, to, you know, safety, risk, environmental management, all these kind of there. There's so much, almost low hanging fruit. There's so much opportunity to tap into if you just give people the permission, and even within health and safety teams. So if I say, I've worked in several um, organizations where within the health and safety team, I'll say, um, do you invite uh, the the team members to your team meetings? No. Have you ever been to any other team meetings? No. Why not? Well, well, we we didn't know we could. it's, it's not a case of you can or you can't. Well, why would you not? Would you so have to do that? yeah, one of my recent organisations, um, one of my peers, the head of marketing, I invited the head of marketing to, to our team meeting. It was the first time she'd met the team. Mm-hmm. Well, we found out from that that actually the marketing team looked after the contract for uh, the laundry for the washing machines. So, so contractor safety was one of our major risks that we'd identified across the business. And of course, we were thinking that as being like a more of a facilities, a soft FM approach. Actually, for some unknown reason, the marketing team were looking after that. Well, we just wouldn't have known that. Mm. And then similarly, the receptionist, who was when I was smiled at and said hello to when I went in in the mornings. Of course, the re- people who work on reception know the business inside out. They know the buildings inside. They see what's going on really. But they don't normally get invited to a team meeting. So I invited the receptionist to the health and safety team meeting which was great so just to try and bring some of that energy in but also so everyone could kind of find out from each other because
0: ultimately it was still people yeah yeah, yeah. most yeah. businesses run on mm. people yeah, as, yeah. as the energy all they all do don't they I and mean, that's exactly it uh. and it's you know interesting you know what you're talking about there you know this is there's a lot of um there's a lot of managers and senior managers in businesses that 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 have got an, that, that have got their idea of how things are done but it's actually probably quite a, a bit different to exactly how our job is undertaken and is completed. Yeah. And just by spending time out with the people doing the job and finding out and, you know, you, you find out loads about how your business, you know, and how the good stuff that's done you know, on a daily basis, there's yeah. so much good stuff that's done, yet we tend to only really analyze how stuff's done when something's gone wrong, yeah. you know, and you do your accident investigation, which goes into so much depth yeah. about, about how the job was done. Well, yeah. we'll do that. Do that on a good day, yeah. you know, and, and find out what's uh, what's happening. You got you got loads of energy, mate. I love I love <laughs> I love listening to uh, I love listening to your talking here. So g- g- before we move on to something else, I just wanted to, just to ask you another question, just about the risk profile in there, because mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, when I had a look at your website. That's yeah. one of the things that you do. So yeah. you're, so you're looking at the sort of top the top culture in the business. What about what about actually finding out exactly? Mm. What the business is being faced with, then, from a sort yeah. of a risk house perspective, how do you how do you go about doing that? So certainly the the, the
1: bank. So my, predominantly, my my core background has been um, food hygiene, health and safety, environmental management, energy management. Uh, wildlife, safeguarding children, a whole raft of, of what you'd say is operational safety and environmental risks which weren't immediately apparent. Um, of course now organisations you've got cyber risk, uh, there's a whole load of technology that there are a range of risks which may or may not be, have been surfaced and may or may not sit within one particular team so there may be a team that is currently overseeing them or not so how we would do it, or how we how we do it, is we go into a business, uh, sitting down with the um, ideally with the C suite, and start off with the strategy. So so what what is the what is the business? What and then th- doing doing our own research, uh, but also speaking with the board and, and looking through the the organisation, um, is getting an understanding of what is the business at the moment, what is the what's the external environment. So we'll be scanning the external to see what the kind of threats are and what the emerging opportunities we think are within the organisation. We'll be looking at um, their, their strategy for growth. We'll be looking at their recent board reports to see what's being discussed. We'll get out to some of the sites and we'll start to ask what, you know, what are the issues. So I mean, we're pretty astute, so we'll work out where they are. Um, and then we'll start to map those out. Once we start to map those out, we'll also give a uh, kind of sense of where are we in terms of priorities. Of you know, Are they risked but they're being managed? Are there risks that there's a burning platform we need to resolve something quite quickly and do something quite tactical? And are some actually we, we need to delve a bit deeper? Um, and then there may well be some risks within there that are beyond some of our skill set. So for cybersecurity, we're not going like you know, we, we don't have cybersecurity expertise within our business, but actually it may well be that they've got their own IT team anyway that has. So actually we'll be initially we'll be looking to mobilise resource within that organization the first thing is actually getting that down and then getting it in a format and playing it back to the organization mm-hmm. so actually playing it back say so we've been now within your business for a couple of days mm-hmm. this is what we understand to be your business what you're trying to achieve your customer base and and is that right Have we understood that right based on that and based on our experience of other organizations mm-hmm. this is what we see your risks currently to be and this is where we think you, you know, the gap analysis of where we think you need to get to relatively quickly mm-hmm. beyond that then it's about choices. And then what we'll start to do is look at what are the commonalities across that in terms of the people. So really the, almost that, uh, how are your structures working for you? How are your organisational structures working for you? What, and what are the gaps perhaps in there? Um, and how is communication flowing around the organisation? How is information flowing down? How's it flowing up? And how is it flowing across? Um, you know, do we have lots of silos that just, you know, teams just aren't, aren't, aren't working? Uh, and also things like accreditations. So. Does uh, an organisation have lots of certificates on, in the reception hall? So ISO 9000, 14,000, yeah, you know, 45,001, 50,001. If you're doing energy, whatever it might be, we'll start to look at those and then say, well, what value are they adding as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So start to give some playback to say, well, actually, there may be things here that you're you're gold plating, you're overcomplicating for. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a bureaucracy that's not translating into added value. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and then it's choices, really. It's down to how do you, how would you like to play? This is where we think you know, it would be good for you to get to. Here are some options of how we would bring that forward for you,
0: and take it from there. Oh, very excellent. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's good to have that that sort of structured approach to, you know, to and 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 ultimately, I suppose, what you're doing there is you're challenging, you're challenging that board by by asking those open questions to. To actually, for them, it's almost like coaching. it for them to to be actually formulating some of the answers themselves on what they want to take forward. So, if you yeah. just impose, you've you got to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. it ain't gonna work, is it? It's but if they're, of, if they're thinking about it, then it, it it is that, yeah. And and
1: and it's by asking those questions and showing that it's okay to ask those questions actually then hoping that plants the seed. Yep. So for example, if I used to say, look, you know, what, what's the first thing you think of if I say a HSE inspector's at the door? Mm. Or the fire officer's turned up at the door? What would they, So just literally play out what would they say? Mm. Well, let me reassure you that from, from now on, what I want to do is take away that fear, mm-hmm. I want to take that away. So, having been an environmental health officer and a principal environmental health officer, having worked with lots of multi agency uh, arenas, with police, with fire, you know, with social services and the like, what I can tell you is that you have no reason to fear mm. any regulator or any enforcement officer. Quite often, actually, they would be a good source of advice for you. Mm-hmm. The only time you've, anybody should really be fearing them is when they know they're doing things really badly and they're really, yeah, they know they're compromising things. Ordinarily, you've got nothing to hide. Um, something else I would say is, don't necessarily do what you think a regulator telling you to do mm. now that might sound controversial I'm sure it does uh, but in an organization i went into a couple of years ago and i was brought in because part of the reason because a hse were doing a major action investigation mm-hmm. uh, they would taken some action and they were saying you yeah, know we need you to do a certain type of assessment so i came into the business and i said well the first thing my suggestion is to the board is i'd like to speak mm-hmm. to the hse inspector and the, just so you know the approach I'm liking to advocate I'm not looking to do what they say that we should do because from my perspective we should be taking we should be masters of our own destiny in my view a regulator is only going to tell you what to do when they think they need to tell you what to do mm-hmm. because you're showing that you don't know what to do yourself mm-hmm. because that's where you're in the situation however if you are to create a plan and it needs to be sponsored by the board mm-hmm. so it needs, you need to be able to deliver on the plan put together a plan that delivers at pace sufficient pace but sustainable that you can deliver it what more could the regulator want if you go on the front phone and say we would like you to endorse this approach mm-hmm. what are they going to say now the, the board kind of went into meltdown when i suggested that but we did it yep. actually it worked mm-hmm. uh, part of that approach we actually got commended by the hsc it was it was a, a key part of their decision in not prosecuting it also saved money from the fee for intervention because they didn't have to write as many uh, letters. They didn't have to come out as much because they trusted us and we were on the front for it providing information. So actually that added value. Mm. But it got, us into a, it got the board into a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so being able to do some of these things, there's, there's that hidden value as well mm-hmm. um, of actually, you, know, you can relax about some of this thing and it shouldn't be something different. Mm. So safety shouldn't be a different part of the business. Risk in any, even at the more elevated, it shouldn't be different. It's, it's a strategic opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. A strategic opportunity as part of the overall business. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: No. no, I like that. I like that. So that's the end of part one. Uh, it was great to, to to hear his views on, um, you know, on risk, on risk profiling, on, on senior management, uh, senior management intervention. You know, I think there's some, some really interesting points that he's made there. And about how you know health and safety shouldn't be seen in isolation. It's it's part of the the overall way that you move business forward. And and, and whilst you're compartmentalising health and safety, there's always going to be some friction. You know, so it's about uh, it's about really looking to integrate you know good practice, good performance right across your business, and and look at other parts of your business. Look at your environmental performance, and maybe learn some of the skills there. And actually apply them back, uh, you know, back across your business and into the into the health and safety side of things. So, you know, so it's really about getting this here uh, this this rounded uh, rounded view. Jonathan, you know, thanks a lot for that uh, for that insight. In the next part, we're going to be talking a lot more about um, personal development and about how uh, our health and safety professionals are uh, um, can work around the competency framework and go beyond it even uh, the new framework that IOSH have put out. You know, working with issue directors, other things like that. So. Anyway, I'm um, um you know thanks a lot for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back uh, with part two next uh, next week. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community, or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.